to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 371 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along. Uh, we're back. <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of here Welcome. Already. Welcome. Uh, Welcome along. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. It's so, it's so terrible. All right. So um, as the more astute of you might notice, because I was talking to, I called up Quentin the other day, he goes, oh, yeah, there wasn't a postcard, there wasn't a podcast last Sunday. Uh, I was like, yeah, no, because uh, Sam was a bit crook. So take it away, Sam. Tell us a little bit about the story. What happened? Before I got tested positive, like a week before, I uh, felt super exhausted, like real tired. Anyway, I had a bunch of symptoms and yeah, I tested positive. Nobody else in the house has tested positive. Sarah's definitely had COVID, but will not test on a rat test. Um, not enough, uh, whatever in the nose or throat or whatever, I guess. But she's, she went back to work today. Uh, she's having, she's not feeling the best. So I'm not sure if she'll be back home early or not. It's weird because you seem to all have symptoms that are similar, but not quite the same, but all at different times. And, oh, wow. uh, at the moment, it's just the exhaustion. Uh, I'm supposed to be back at work tomorrow because I don't really have any symptoms apart from this tiredness thing. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause um, so we've, we've known each other for quite a while now. Um, and I can only think of you being sick maybe twice. Yeah. Like in all sick. that time. I know. Uh, so I got. I asked Chris to go get me some more rat tests. So thanks for that. Oh yeah. Because uh, yeah. the rat test thing is like, you you fill out this form online, and you say how many's in your household. So you want to get that many people have to do at least two tests. They have to do a day three test and a day seven test. And oh, and when we got when I got COVID, it was day ten. Like we were supposed to have ten day stretch. Yeah. But yeah. um. Anyway, so. You rock up to the place, and usually there's not that many people there. And the guy that was there was over his job. Like, he was just like, What do you want? Well, I'm here for the one and only thing you can provide me, which is like the rest. Well, <laughs> um, oh, I'd like a pink, pink flamenco. Uh, yeah, I know. Flamingo, uh, it was weird because all the cars in front were all getting two boxes of tests, so 10 tests. And online, everybody goes, You just rock up, they'll give you 10 tests, 10 tests turn up we've just got a box of five and then as soon as you try and do it again online it just goes no you've already got some so you end up ringing the health line people themselves and they just put through the number to your phone it's real weird yeah <laughs> oh so you already had a box of five and i had to go and get the extra five yeah well, we'd already gone through most of them yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense that makes sense because i was wondering about it because when he said Everybody in the household has to test. I'm like, hang on, there's three of you or whatever. That yeah. doesn't make sense. You need two more or one more or whatever. But I didn't realize you already had a box. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's but yeah, but they don't know. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. You do need more. I don't know. Anyway, it worked out fine. Got all that stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Well, this this episode might go a little bit longer just because we got a whole bunch of stuff because we got last week's as well. But not that we'll um, do too much of that. But That's I wanted right. to go through a few things about Russia because you know me. I went on a bit of a deep dive over the last two weeks. <laughs> That's all you've been consuming. Way too much. Yes, way too much. Sam, uh, when we were living in the same place, Sam uh, made uh, 
what do you, what do they call those when you jump in and uh, stop people from doing things? Intervention. Intervention. Because uh, uh, I was consuming way too much BBC and um, The Economist and all these daily news podcasts, which was starting to depress the hell out of me. Um, but now I've been listening to a little bit, not as bad as I was, but a little bit of that. But I have learned a few interesting things. So uh, a couple of things to put Russia in perspective. Yeah. Oh, God, what's happening? Okay, cool. Who do you think has the best median wealth out of Russia or India? What's your gut feeling? Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm going to go India. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have. I would have thought Russia is more um, richer, more advanced, whatever. Yeah. But the median average wealth in Russia is $871. Okay. What that means is 50% of Russians have more than that and 50% of Russians have less than that. Yeah. That's what median is, right? So the median wealth in India is $1,000. All right. That's that's a significant difference. And we talk about um, you know the um, rich and poor divide here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 110 people in Russia own 35% of the country's wealth. I know. That is mental, isn't it? Yes. I can't remember the thing I listened to, and they explained the Russian thing really well. Oh, my first million podcast. Oh, really? He was. He, I'm, yeah, still, he, I'm still like six months or a year behind. Oh, no, he sort of explained what the, uh, what are they called? Og- oligarchs. Oligarchs, how, how they came to be and what that sort of is about. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, cool. I might, ha- I might have to jump ahead and listen to that. Yeah. Um, did you hear about this? Is This might be old news now, so maybe everybody's heard it, but I was right all over this at the time it was happening. Did you hear about the chief engineer of the super yacht? He, um, he's a Ukrainian, and he had been the chief engineer on that particular super yacht for 10, I think it was 10 or 14 years. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't have the details written down here because I read it so – yeah, I, I read it a couple of times. and um, But basically, um, he found out what was happening in Ukraine and went, screw this. Oh, no, what he saw, he saw a missile hitting a building. And yeah, he yeah. Re- remembered that the oligarch that owns the yacht that he works for owns that missile company, owns that oh. armaments company. Okay. And he went, screw this. So he basically sabotaged the yacht in the dock. Oh. So in the dock. He, there's a, um, uh, what do they call it? A sea gate that allows seawater into the engine room. And he opened up both valves because it's supposed to only open one at a time. I forget what they use it for. They use it for something uh, yeah. to cool the motors, I think. But um, he opened up two valves, uh, tripped some fuses so that the it would the um, automatic, uh, you know, pumping out the water wouldn't work. Yeah, it wouldn't uh, All that stuff. And basically told all the crew on board, get off the boat now. And, uh, yeah, and the thing started sinking. Some of the crew went to save it, but they couldn't figure out how. <laughs> and it, I don't think it fully sank. I think it got down most of the way. He got um, he got arrested. Mm. Like he, he was like, yeah, take me away. He got arrested. He made bail. And he oh. flew back to Ukraine and picked up a rifle. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so. 
that's basically it. Uh, yeah, he hadn't been back to Ukraine, I don't think, for a, a while. I mean, you know, like he'd been living on this yacht for the last 10, 14 years. All right. But yeah, that was interesting. I thought that was... Keeping with that theme, Arnold Schwarzenegger has dropped a video. Have you seen that yet? No. Oh, you'll like that. It's about nine minutes long, and he is talking... I don't know. He just said he published it on all sorts of channels, but basically it's straight to the um, the the Russian fighters, and he's explaining the stuff they don't know. And he said, "Look, this is you know this is what's going on, and you need to realize that you know this isn't good, and all this sort of stuff." Is he speaking English, or is he speak? Does he speak? No, no, he's speaking English, and it's subtitled in Russian, and he he he's a bit emotional because he he talks about when he's fourteen and he meets his biggest idol in the world and it's this russian guy and he was the strongest man in the world and he just lifted 200 kilos above his head and there's a little bit of footage of it and i was like oh yeah i suppose that's like nothing now but back then it would have been amazing. yeah so that's wow. been happening more than 500 kiwis have said hey i want to go to ukraine and join the fight yep uh and the ukrainian ambassador here or whatever they call honorary consul he says uh i'm advising not to go don't go um, but I can't tell you how many have gone because um, you could just rock up there if you want. But I saw in a headline on another story, a bunch of these uh, wannabe fighters from around the world have turned up to join the, uh, what do they call their thing? Yeah, Ukrainian they... Defence Force. Yeah, but they've got like, um, you know how you got the French Foreign Legion? They've got their own foreign oh, legion sort of thing. Don't know, don't know. They bring them in. Anyway, apparently when the fighting started, a whole bunch of them ran off. Uh, it's a bit much for them. Yeah, it sounds great until the bullets start flying, I would imagine. Yeah, um, especially if you're not used to it and you aren't really a mercenary and uh, you haven't been in a war zone before. Yeah, yeah, because, oh, yeah, not that it matters, not that you care, but uh, I went over in 91, I was in the UK, and um, Desert Storm started then. Desert Storm was the first one. Yeah. And that was the first time you really saw war live on TV. Like it was, we'd finished the, up at the pub and we'd just be watching CNN live streaming war, you know. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to be doing. Uh, I got my black belt. I was, I was bulletproof in my head anyway yeah, at that point in time. And I thought I'd sign up for, because um, I had, mum was British, so I could sign up for the British Army. Yeah. And I thought I... I'll just sign up. By the time I get through basic and all that, it'll all be over. It'll be over. Yeah, and, I, and I'll get a bit of a, a good job and I'll get to do some fitness stuff and it'll be great. Um, fortunately, I didn't take that path because, yeah, that probably wouldn't have ended particularly well. So, meh. Okay. I've got, got a couple of cousins that are in the military. One's in the Navy and he is uh, one of their top chefs, I think. He travels all around the world. He turned down a job at Buckingham Palace because he didn't want to move there. Um, oh, yeah, I remember you telling and, me that. And the other one is, oh, I can't remember what he does. Very similar, but uh, he goes, he's in, he, he, he'll just, he goes dark for like six months at a time, I think, uh, wherever he is, whatever he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Because so. my brother wanted to be a naval chef. Like he wanted to be a chef and he oh, wanted right. to do the Navy thing. But he had osteoporosis in his bones when he was. Six years old, seven years old. Oh, right. Okay. And so he couldn't get the um, medical. Oh. Anyway, I want to talk about this other thing that I found yes. out, which I, I just find this fascinating. So you oh, okay. may or I, may not find it fascinating. I, I thought you were going to talk about something else, but carry on. No, no, it's still it's still the Russia thing. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is a little bit about their logistics and how it was breaking down and, and what have you. Mm. But um, what fac- this is actually before all of the breaking down, this is they got all their tanks and stuff to the the border points, you know, all around Ukraine and that. Because the um, Russian army had, or the Russians, it's such a big continent. Like their landmass is well, 11 time zones, I think it is, across Russia, right? It's mental. It's, right? it's, mental. it's huge. Yes. And so had this amazing n- railway network, basically. Oh, okay. They had to do this, you know. But, uh, what, what's it called? Age of Empire? Uh, is that with the... The Sid Meier's civilization, so, where yeah, you have to create all those <laughs> um, uh, railways in the beginning. Well, that's what they do. Yeah. And they have this thing. I don't know what it's actually called. I've written down here as a railway brigade. It's part of their army that basically manages all the logistics on the railway. And it allows them to get their tanks and their materials all around Russia really effectively and efficiently. And they oh. have this railway brigade that's bigger than most standing armies around the world is oh, just wow. their railway brigade. Yeah. So the logistics of them internally moving stuff around is is really quite impressive. Uh, but it sort of falls flat when they start to invade somebody else because, you know, the first things the Ukrainians did was blow all their railways. <laughs> um, the railway brigade can rebuild railways. It's part of what they do. But, um, yeah. but you know, Ukraine's blown these, so they had to drive. And then, of course, there's stories, um, anecdotally, we don't know how true it is, of a lot of um, Russian soldiers going, hang on, I think we're in Ukraine, because a lot of them didn't know where they were. No. Um, Because they were in manoeuvres for quite a long time. Yeah. So they were driving long periods, different directions all over the place. And it's like not like the... The grass is suddenly greener on the other side. They just, oh, we're in Ukraine, wouldn't even know. But yeah, some of them realized that and they just, they realized that wherever they were going to go, they were going to be facing some battle or something. So some of these soldiers just started accidentally stabbing their uh, gas tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's anecdotal. Um, But yeah, but what was interesting was that the um, Ukrainians played it very well right at the beginning there. And they said, to their um, people, whether that was militia or, or standing army. Yeah. They said, don't bother about the tanks. You, you're not going to be able to do anything. Just hit all the fuel. The tanks will not get far without fuel. Hit all yeah, the yeah. fuel trucks. So, you know, you go, well, what can a Molotov cocktail do to a fuel truck? Well, put it this way. You throw a Molotov cocktail on a fuel truck and it's burning on the outside and you put a couple of bullet holes in it, It's pretty much all you need to do, (laughs) right? So they were very effective at that. And then um, quite quickly, the Russians go, oh, this isn't good. So what they did was get the uh, metal hoops with the covers. So it looked like a covered truck that had soldiers in it, but it's actually just camouflage for a tank, a a tanker uh, full of fuel. But, of course, um, the... um, that, that lasted all three hours before it was out on all the social medias and all oh. the, all the uh, um, you know, the Ukrainians realised what they were doing, so they, they hammered a bunch of those too. So that had a big effect on that whole um, logistics early on in the beginning. Anyway, I thought that was fascinating, that whole um, how, how, how um, the, um, the Russians have that 
thing. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Railway I mean, they brigade. Need, yeah, they need that <laughs> for their landmass. Uh, yeah, crazy. it's inside of it. We'll see how uh, see how it goes uh, over the next week. Who knows? Hey, uh, since the last episode, I thought you would start with the story. Obviously, you went to a wedding. Yes, yes. I I, I was going to finish with it. That's cool. We can we can, oh, right. we can go into sure. that now. That's I wasn't good. sure what the plan was. <laughs> there wasn't a plan. You know, there wasn't a plan. Oh, um, so yeah, uh, no. I had uh, I finally caught up with a bunch of the family. I uh, haven't done that for for quite a while, uh, mostly due to COVID. Um, so yeah, uh, I missed. My niece Brooke and her partner Ryan's wedding. Yeah. Um, as I recall, we were in lockdown. It was due to finish, and then it got extended over the wedding, and we got meh. I couldn't couldn't get down there, so I missed that. And I'd never met Ryan, so that that was a shame. So I got to meet them. Uh, All right, last week. But for a for a change. This wedding is up at Waiheke Island, eh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Rachel, so Brooke and Liam are my niece and nephew. Uh, Brooke yep. got married last year. Uh, Liam got married uh, last week. Podcast uh, podcast listener. Yeah, uh, big, fan, big fan pod- podcast. Big shout out to Liam. So Liam and Rachel, Liam's 27. He's been with Rachel for like nine years, I think. So they've been together for a long time. They bought a house last year, maybe even like a year before now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're doing really well. And they finally like, oh, we'll get married. And um, they, uh, so Rachel's family um, had a place in Waiheke. I think it was her grandfather's place. And so she used to go there as kids and all the rest oh, of it. Right. And I think her uncle still lives there. Her dad died a couple of years ago. I, I wasn't aware of that before the wedding. But um, and so so they had the the wedding up in Waiheke, which was really it was really cool. It was a beautiful day. It was just perfect, actually. Over so the um wedding was outside. It was overcast, which is perfect. And then the the clouds blew away towards the end of the wedding, and it got really hot and sunny and stuff. And it was great. What can I tell you about the wedding? It was that was cool. I got. To see my sister. I got to meet my my newest niece. So Liam's twenty seven, getting married, and there's his fifteen month old sister <laughs> running around, <laughs> a real cutie, just absolutely. Um, the one of the photographers was just taken with this kid. I swear, she took more photos of Freya running around yeah. with her bright, bright blue eyes and blonde hair, blonde curls, um, than she did. The, the wedding, but anyway, um, so it was cool. Uh, Liam and, and Rachel looked amazing, it was great. We had a great time. He's got a huge uh bunch of friends, like a really cool network of friends. Um, I stayed there quite late and then I got the uh midnight ferry back across yeah. and stayed in Auckland. Uh, I dare say, uh, if I didn't say it now, it would come up. Uh, Chris' eyes were activated at one point in the evening. Um, For people out there, that's uh, a creepy term that we used to use a lot. Uh, <laughs> we probably frowned upon now, I think, in culture. But uh, yeah, I, so I, no, there was there was one single person, one single girl. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> poor old, poor old Casey. She was. Hang nice. on. So there's one single person at this thing. Well, one that I found. <laughs> Oh, Chris sniffed her out and said, "Hey, I've got a podcast." Uh, oh no, I don't. I don't think I told her about the podcast. Uh, hey, Casey, if you're listening, it's great talking to you. Anyway, yeah, yeah I bet. 
<laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Now I feel Jeez. terrible. Um, I'm two vodkas in. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, so I was chatting to her. It, it was relatively innocent. So I was just chatting to her for uh, 20 minutes in the corner. It was cool. 20 minutes, two hours, Chris. Yeah, there. whatever. And yeah. then I said, uh, and then I realized like, yeah, you're, I, like, should, I, I should give her some breathing space. I should bugger off. So I said, you oh, realize I'm, you're three times her age. Well, yeah, I'm old enough to be a father. But anyway, I said, um, I, I, I'm going to go into the bar and get a drink. And she goes, oh, I need a drink too. So I said, oh, okay. So we walked over to the bar because I was giving her the out, basically. And then um, I bought her a drink. Oh, because I had to buy her drinks because the, the bar tab had run out. It was fine. And then, um, then I sort of, you know, we we parted ways, and yeah, I went yeah, back over the thing, and then when, yeah. when, when, then when Liam part, comes over, on, and Brooke comes on. over, when, and Audrey comes over, all you know, all of them go, oh yeah. So what's going on there then? Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. Good, I'm like, good. Oh, was it that obvious? Really? Was it that obvious? No, Casey was cool. She she's a project manager, and um, yeah, we had a good chat for a long time. It was cool. There um, we go. Very good. But yeah, so no, the wedding was great. It was good fun. Congratulations, Liam. Oh, and I've got a really good photo of what I think the ultimate wedding cake is. I will call it a cheesecake, but it's not. It's wheels of cheese piled up. I will. I've got a photo of it. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I thought might use it as the um, episode picture. Uh, If you if you can brighten it up. (laughs) Well, we'll see. It's pretty dark and. Yeah, it was not the best lighting there. To be fair, no, no, you were. This and I was. a few beers down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you were soaking up the beer with your cheese cheese platter. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that was the wedding. Nice. And apparently you didn't get COVID, so well done. Yeah, no, I'm I'm still uh, functioning full force, although I have a new role at work. I signed the contract. I now start work at 4 a.m. Uh, or actually, I've got to open it so other people can get in at 4. So I've got to be there early. Plus, I'm still cycling to work because now I'm doing five days, not three days. And so I can't afford that sort of petrol. So I'm cycling no. to work four days a week, um, driving in once. And uh, so that means my alarm goes off 2.45 in the morning. So, yeah, I... Uh, Definitely live in the dream. It's, How, it's, how's, it, how's it cycling at uh, that time of the morning? Cycling is fine. I, I find that no problem. I jump on. It's so far. I look. Honestly, when it starts raining, I'm going to be driving. <laughs> I don't yeah, see yeah. myself like riding in the rain. But the, um, the, the funny thing with being in isolation is, I just want to go for a walk, which yeah. I can't. Which I can do like now. Like I'm okay to do it. But literally, uh, I if I walk to the letterbox and back again, that'll do me. But uh, I, I want to go for a longer walk. But uh, I'm not up to it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, did, did you hear about this? Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. You've got adventures in cycling, and one of the things is Screamy Man. What is Screamy Man? Oh, adventures in cycling. Okay. I'm assuming this is you. Yeah, there was a, a few things that happened. Yeah, okay. All right, Screamy Man. That happened quite early on. This is a few weeks ago. Yeah. There's a few things that started happening when I was cycling to and from work, um, usually on the way home because – Nobody's around at midnight, uh, you know, two in the morning or whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, I was coming home and this guy's going at me. And I was like, I looked, I had my headphones and I was listening to a podcast, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. I sort of head snaps to the side, looks at me. He's like, Aah! 
And so I slammed on the brakes because yeah. I was going down Ulster Street, you know, oh, yeah. uh, by all the motels and that. Slammed on the brakes and I, I stopped and I pulled the thing out and go, what? He goes, oh, 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 nothing, mate. I was like, what was that about? He goes, oh, you're a bit big for that bike, aren't you? And okay. I'm like, thanks, random person. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm trying to lose weight, but I'll get back to it, eh? I just started cycling off. Oh. And I was like, what? who does that? I what don't the, know. What the hell good. is going on? But I was, I was riding home uh, early this week. Yeah, it was earlier earlier this week or late last week. I've, it's it's all a blur now that yeah, I'm yeah, working these stupid hours. Um, and I'm walking, I'm, I'm riding along and there's this, driveway to left and sort of a bunch of houses around this sort of circular driveway. It looks like a motel. I don't know. It doesn't have a sign there, so yeah, okay. it might be whatever. And there's these two kids, and, you know, I'm pretty bad at figuring out the ages of kids. Yeah, no, they, but I'm going to say. A range of 5 to 12. Well, yeah, one of them I would say was about four, four or five, and the other one was like two, two okay. or three, you know, okay. like, and the five-year-old had one of those thin, filmy plastic bags that you put over a TV. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, like okay. over a monitor. And yeah. so he's putting it over his head and down oh, his body. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. So this is the beauty of riding a bicycle because you can just turn that shit around on a dime. So I just pull up the driveway and he's taking it back off his head and he's running after his sis- sister. And I come up behind them and I ding on the I've got a ding-ding on the bike. Yeah, yeah. They turn around and I go, hey, guys, I really need a plastic bag to put my clothes in to keep them dry. I don't know oh, where that came from. This is sounded creepier. creepier <laughs> I know. Creepy what? And the kid, the older kid, the boy, is looking at me like yeah, who's this real sus. Real yeah, sus. Good, good. Which he stranger, should. Stranger dangerous kicked in. But yeah. the, the, I think, two-year-old? Just grabs the bag off him and, and holds it up to me. And I'm like, cool, thanks for that. And I grab it and I cycled off. Because I'm like, if that the boy was okay, he was taking it, put it over his head, taking it off. But if he put it over her head and just suffocated her, I could see those that, kids telling their story. I could just see that shit happening. And I'm like, I don't want to read that newspaper story. I just don't want to. So I, yeah, no, I just took it off him. <laughs> cycled off and about 20 minutes later I saw a <laughs> 10 minutes later I saw a bin through it in the bin anyway look at you that was, uh, that was my adventures in cycling <laughs> adventures in cycling that's crazy did you see this thing shush police at work no okay so senior constable Tony Sharp he was driving on State Highway 1 just north of the Levin around 9am on Saturday when he yeah. spotted a red Volkswagen Golf parked with its side lights on on the side of the road. Okay. Thinking it was odd, he pulled in behind it and did the usual check. The vehicle's plate, though, belonged to a blue Golf. Oh. Mm. So um, he retrieved the spike strip from his vehicle and quietly deployed it. <laughs> I didn't throw the spikes. I threw the rope, then extended it under the vehicle, slowly and quietly, close to the back wheels. If he drove off, he'd definitely be spiked. So the guy, the driver's asleep in the car. Um, Crazy. uh, Support arrived from Levin. They boxed the golf in, parking close front and rear. 
Driver woke up, got out keys in hand and was arrested for the theft of the vehicle. I thought that was hilarious. But they, they said the driver appeared to be living in the vehicle. He searched the VW before it was towed and found a uh, handgun in there, 22 handgun, Far three right. knives, and drug paraphernalia. So oh, Crazy. But, yeah, just um, that's, that's how police work should be done. Now, wow, yeah. you know that I, it doesn't say, I don't think it says here whether the suspect was uh, what is racial uh, thing was, but you know, if it was America and he's black, he would be dead by now, right? Just Probably. Probably <laughs> lay, lay a few bullets in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suppressive fire. Stop snoring. Bang. Um, anyway, probably not funny. Okay, what else? What have you got here? Oh, uh, th- I just thought this was interesting. This was mentioned on the Guy and Harley podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Viva, Viva La Dirt League, they're the online people that do the NPC guy skits and they oh, do yeah. skits inside the uh, oh yeah i know the ones. yeah yeah and they crowdfunded a while ago to make a feature film or a full-blown short film i can't remember what the two was but they've just done another kickstarter and they've said like basically look we, we're doing this full time obviously for a while now we're doing really well but we need to expand and their whole aim was to basically build a studio where they can film and part of that studio is going to have normal offices and stuff and then basically a giant soundstage sort of thing that's set up as part of a castle uh for the npc man they're going to build a castle set they're going to build a dungeon set uh all all these sets and stuff and they were like look give us a hundred thousand new zealand i think it was and that'll help us along the way they have a very 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 good um network yeah yeah so hang on so was it just donations or are the people getting something for this oh so the the basic one is you'll start you'll get you'll get wallpapers then you get behind the scenes then your name gets uh immortalized in a mural that they're going to do there's t-shirts there was a coin you get a message from them um a limited edition poster goes all the way up to like being on set in a skit for uh, thirty thousand US dollars, they'll put you in the skit. Anyway, uh, they needed a hundred thousand dollars, and they got two point five million. It's going to be some studio. <laughs> yeah, so Good they've already, they've already got like them. yeah, they got like artists' uh, impression of what it will look like. Uh, two big sound stages, one and two offices on the end, and it's just got Viva La Dirt League Studios. So yeah, yeah, good on them. I think that's awesome. That's great. I had this really cool thing, but I'm like, oh, God, it's so long since I put this in here. What well, feels like it. Did you hear about – so we, we've talked on the podcast before about that film, Don't Look Up. Yes. It's really cool. There was a story probably, I would say, triggered by that, but it's about this, um, this ingenious system to pulverize asteroids. Okay. Weren't they going to do a test on it? Did we talk about this? I think this is a different one. Oh, I uh, that, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, hang on, I'm just trying to find the bits and pieces that are interesting. Maybe there so, isn't any. Uh, so, basically, it pulverizes the asteroid into smaller debris. Yes. Yeah. So, in short insect scenarios, the asteroid fragments of maximum of 10 meter 
um, diameter to allow the Earth's atmosphere to act as a beam dump where the fragments either burn up in the atmosphere or air burst, right? So you you want to do that. PI's idea, um, PI stands for uh, planetary defense. No, I don't. I don't remember what it's PI stands for. Anyway, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, it's an impactor that goes in, and um, it's not only kinetic but explosive. And it does sound a lot like what they talked about in that um, in that movie, where it's firing things into the asteroid and then blowing it apart. So anyway. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes and you can read about it yourself. I did have more to say on this, but it was a while ago. So it's gone out the window, it. guys. Don't worry about it. Let's they leave should, it at that. They should bring us to the end of the podcast. Uh, I'm running out of steam here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what? So, you think you'll be going to work tomorrow? Oh, uh, yeah, I should. Yeah, I, I, I'll go to work. I'm just not a hundred. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'll go to work. Should be right. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of people um, obviously off over the last few weeks, one way or another, with either they're ill. Not that many have been ill, but most of them had kids that were. Yeah, it's the kid know. thing. Like, definitely this came through uh, one of the schools. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And obviously, you've got to stay at home if you're a uh, close contact. And uh, I think the rule is like once you've had it, you're okay for probably like three months or something. They, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because last week we were doing rat tests every morning. So we were rat testing a bunch of yeah. drivers because like, I'm there early in the morning. So the only people turning up really is drivers. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of drivers. So they either got a little, some symptoms of some description or they've got somebody at home that's got some symptoms or whatever. I don't know what the rationale for the rat test. But this week we've done, or the last three days, today, yesterday, day before, we've done no tests. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's indicative of, um, you know, it's just slowing down already. Uh, I don't know. Not sure. It's all a bit crazy. Yeah. Who knows? It might be just a random lull. Um, oh, okay. So that's, that's us for this week. Uh, so, again, uh, for you wonderful listeners, um, and like I said, shout out to Quentin. So I caught up with him. Uh, shout out to Liam and Rachel. Okay, congratulations, guys. Um, and Brooke, if you're listening, I don't think she listens that much anymore. Um, but yeah, um, and for everybody, uh, sorry we didn't make it on last week. Oh, and I do want to shout out to Adam and um, Daniel and David, who were the groomsmen for Liam, because I oh, nice. gave at least one of them the Chris and Sam podcast card and said, oh. listen to us last Sunday. And so they probably didn't. So, well, we weren't there. So, yeah. That's right. Don't worry about it. I'm amazed you uh, had the card. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm generally okay. Very good. Okay. Until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.